Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Terry, Jackie. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting Life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you here today. We're going to talk about a phenomenal topic that can not just serve business owners out there, but employees. Uh, I think a lot of times, even when you start a business, you can actually end up getting to a place where you actually keep your employees down and don't let them grow. But on the same token, you can be an employee that's not really growing to your full potential. And your book is, is this a lousy job or is it me? And I love that because often I've had that conversation in the back of my head through all the years in corporate America. Is it me? Is it my bosses? Do I play a part? And how much of it is me and how much is not me? And what's cool about your book is you have seven kind of layers or stages that you bring people through of growth and and you you tell them with stories, which I think is a great way to get people to understand concepts. But share with the audience a little bit about your backstory and how you came to writing your book. So I grew up in Wisconsin and was very curious about people from a very young age. I had an interesting family life. That would be another entire show, so I won't get into that too deeply. Uh, but I started working at a very young age. I started working at a campground uh, close to where I lived when I was 12 years old. And working and actually getting paid and interacting with such curious people who you can read about in Chapter 1 at such a young age just has you wondering so what is going on here and why do these people behave this way and other people behave another way? Why is my coworker handling this so much better than I am? Mm-hmm. So I started immediately noticing differences among people in the workplace and my college life, my undergrad degree uh, took me to Atlanta, Georgia after I graduated in Oklahoma, um, went to Georgia and I started working with more interesting people in more interesting roles kept noticing the differences among people. And I ultimately ended up back in Wisconsin in an organizational development role and um, really in earnest began to try to qualify the differences I was seeing in the way people were acting and how some people seemed to move gracefully through the challenges in the workplace with seemingly no effort, no drama, no fear. And other people would shrink or rebel or in some way seize up, um, freeze, uh, and I, I, I had to understand what that was. So I went down so many rabbit holes, Christina. I'm like, this has got to be temperament. This has got to be gender. Maybe it's birth order. You know, maybe it's strengths. I, maybe it's the industry they chose. I went, I studied so many different things. And after years of study, it came down to character. So the book then became the seven stages of character development that I began to witness when I actually in earnest began researching it through experience you know, through story. And that's why I wound up writing the book. It just utterly, I'm still completely fascinated by people. I love to hear their stories. I love to hear their stories. Yeah. You should have, do you have your own podcast yet? No, people have told me, I actually have two clients who are like, would you please? And I'm thinking, when do I have time? So (laughs) haven't gotten there. If you can, you can, if you can hire someone to do the outer work of it and then just get out there. Cause it sounds like you like doing what I do, what I do in that. I love to learn about people's story and curiosity. Uh, One of the things you mentioned that's very important with character develop is that, that sense of curiosity, which often get lost as you go through the development stages and you get to that wonderful one fear. And that's just the one that has you shriveling up and and you don't really expand into that curiosity. 
That's, okay. That's exactly right. The fear stage is a third stage in the model. And the fear stage is where we put up self-protections. And the two shields that I talk about are disingenuousness and compliance are the initial shields. If we continue to use those, we'll advance to something called functional fear-based behaviors. And those are still, you know, they harm us more than they harm anyone else, mm-hmm. um, like intolerance and things like that. But then there's also fruitless fear-based behaviors if we continue to escalate or don't work ourselves out of the fear stage. The thing that's important is fear stage is a legitimate stage of development where we learn to be thoughtful about how we interact with other people and how we impact other people. So it's an important stage. It serves a purpose. Where it becomes harmful, if you will, and you see people shriveling up is when they don't understand the lessons from it so that they can then move on to the next stage, which is authenticity. So my hope with the book is that people recognize, don't panic in this stage and don't stick in the stage because it's what you know. There is something great that comes next if you're willing to shed some of these self-protections and these shields that you put up. You know, I love that because I was, um, I, I told you before the interview, I didn't get to read all of your book, but one thing that really stood out for me was number four and uh, five, uh, which was authenticity and boundaries. And I, it was an experience I had at a job where I, that kind of branched out to when I started my own business. And it was my ex-boss that actually suggested I start my own business um, because they had had me do something I felt was beyond my integrity. It was not something that was truthful for me. And so I told my boss, I just can't do that. And I told him why. And uh, we had a big screaming, hollering fight about it. Um, But what was great about it is then, you know, the whole branching out with he saw a different way to approach the uh, situation. All the people around the company heard our screaming, hollering fight and realized, hey, I kind of agree with her. Um, And we found a different way to approach the problem um, I then gave a couple weeks later, three weeks notice. I helped them train a new person. They actually hired me back as a consultant twice more after that. So we built a wonderful relationship. Um, but it was that idea that, you know, I don't have to stay in stuck in this. Yeah. I can express myself in a respectful manner, um, but realize there are certain things that might not be within my integrity, within my value system. And it's okay to express that and put up those boundaries. Absolutely. So the authenticity stage is most often where I see people go back to school or start their own businesses and integrity. So I define character as one's mental and moral qualities Mm -hmm. and integrity that you spoke of is one of those moral qualities that we're developing over the seven stages. So actually my second book, as I alluded to before the interview, there will be seven stages of integrity among other moral qualities that I'll walk through for leaders. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's Your story is a fantastic example of what I see in the authenticity stage. I see people saying, I need to be honest with myself about who I am. I need to act in alignment with my integrity. I need to use these mental qualities of different approaches to communication and decision-making and reasoning that I have now developed. And I see this, I see success with it. But then as we were talking about earlier, I sometimes see people not understanding authenticity has so much growth potential mm-hmm. because there's so many levels where we experience who we really are and we learn to be real and, and, and to bring our full selves into the workplace. And then I talk to executives who are in the authenticity stage and they're going, I don't understand why I keep getting my foot caught in this snare or running into trouble with this person. I'm just being me. You know, I'm being my fullest version of myself and, and that's healthy and that's what I need to do because they're so proud of overcoming the fear stage that this authenticity just feels wonderful. (laughs) And then I feel like it's wonderful if I get a chance to intervene when somebody, an executive um, 
for example, it could be a young person, it could be anyone in my experience, um, because I'm an executive coach, it tends to be executives. When they're at that place to say, this is how you move forward, the next stage for growth mm -hmm. is the boundary stage, because boundaries protect, protect your ability to be authentic. I have found that we haven't done a great job as a society and across corporate America, helping people understand what healthy boundaries look like in the workplace. So sometimes if these people who are in the authenticity stage don't have maybe awareness of the model in, in my book or don't have an executive coach or somebody to move them forward, they will devolve over months and years back to the fear stage mm -hmm. because they're looking for some kind of protection, way to protect themselves. Unfortunately, the fear stage is not the right way to do it because you're back in self-protection mode, a lot of ego-based behaviors. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the most powerful lessons is how to maintain that authenticity using boundaries. I love that. And then you went with the next stage, which is a love and compassion, which is once you realize, okay, I'm being authentic, but not everyone's on the same path in the same stage I'm at. Like we had both discussed before the interview, it took me many, 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 many years. I mean, near into my mid forties. till I started to even get close to the boundaries and, and to the authenticity stage. So the same goes like if I'm working with someone who's just started out, they're not going to be in the same stage I'm at. It took me years of wisdom and growth to get there. So to have that love and compassion for anyone, coworkers, uh, business associates who might not be in that same um, stage that you're at. Yeah. The love stage, the, the key takeaway there, the moral of the love stage fable, if you will, is to be of service. And at this stage, we're finally realizing we know how to take care of ourselves. We know how to be authentic and protect our authenticity with boundaries. And we get kind of excited in the love stage. The love stage is the pinnacle. So the authenticity stage, we think we've reached the pinnacle. <laughs> Not so much because boundaries is a tough, tough road, as, as you and I both have experienced. It is years and years and years of figuring that out. And then when you finally get to the love stage, you go, oh, I see, this is the pinnacle. This is where I can really be of service to others and, and offer that compassion and grace to others. And I have some recognition of where they may be in their development. So I'm not judgmental. You know, I'm truly extending a creative effort to help everyone be their best. And it feels good to me. So it's a lovely place to be. And um, I'm absolutely adoring the stories because human nature, what we do is we think we're farther along than we are by nature. Yeah. And uh, so it's very fun to talk to people in maybe their late 20s, early 30s who are like, I really think I'm in the love stage. And I'm thinking, holy cow, then you are phenomenal. I did not get anywhere near that until my late 40s. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I think they're they're kind of treating it like a checkmark thing and, and character mm -hmm. development is not. It is slow. It is evolutionary. It takes a long time. Um, and I'm hoping what the book will do is it'll help us instead of looking backwards and understanding, oh, that's really where I was back then. It helps us to be more present if we understand these stages in our development so we can be intentional about moving ourselves forward and we can feel empowered about developing our character to greater fulfillment and greater success. Yeah, because the one thing I found in life, it's never just like and my, my mentor had said this years ago, that people think success is I go A, B, C, D. No, it's like, shoop, 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 shoop. yes, it's all so over. You getting to the point like, oh, I'm in love stage now. 
They say, no, I think you can moments of love stage and maybe there's moments you have your boundaries set, but it's an ongoing, okay, I went a couple steps forward. I went back a little bit because of this situation. Where can I do better next time? Because uh, I don't think it's just that, oh, you've reached um, the boundaries or authenticity and you stay there 24-7 in all situations. There might be a situation that brings you back into that fear, you know, protection stage. Absolutely. So what I've seen is, is two different things. First of all, these build upon each other. So you can be in the authenticity and you can stay in authenticity and reach back and borrow behaviors you know, that you learned in an earlier stage, beginning yuckiness or fear, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, you can, you know, flash back, if you will, and borrow a behavior without actually unraveling your character. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, if you do reach backwards, you are not, you've outgrown a lot of those behaviors. So you usually, after you use them, you're going, mm, I could have done that better. You know, you usually have that feeling. And that tells you that you reach backwards and you borrowed something. It may have been a legitimate reason. It may have been appropriate but usually we don't feel great about having done it. So I see that. I do, I have seen people devolve though. I've seen people move from one stage and go backwards. And in, I'd say the two most significant cases that I can recall, it was a toxic leader in those cases that made the workplace so oppressive that individuals began to question their own identity, to you know question themselves to the point And I don't know why, I mean, I guess I do because I'm familiar with these two clients, but they, there were reasons, very personal reasons that they felt um, helpless to escape or to leave or to adjust. It was uh, some kind of unusual codependency. I think the leader needs me. I know the leader's kind of beating me up, quote unquote but I think they need me. So I need to keep staying because you know, everybody here needs me. We tell ourselves really, I mean, that's what I found for myself. I was working with a client. Now this is a client, not so much a, um, you know, business that I got hired onto, but the client became toxic. It didn't start that way, but they got mm-hmm. new, um, head management and they were just, yeah, we weren't jiving and it yeah. was a toxic environment. And I just said, no, I'm going to stick it out. Maybe I can change things. And, you know, because that's what I'm here to do. I'm a consultant. Um, and, and what I was doing is changing my health into something bad. And I, I finally stepped back and said, you know what? I have choices here. They're not the only company in the universe. I can say bye-bye. It's been nice. We're going to check out on good terms and go our separate ways. Um, but I think that goes for either, you know, personal relationship, whether it be romantic or job or associate. Yes partnership, whatever it might be, that you, you know when, to, when when it's time to say goodbye. <laughs> yeah. And that's the, the quintessential thing. Is it a lousy job? So, and yes, this applies to life outside of work as well, but is this a lousy job or is it me? If you've done all the development you can do and you've gleaned all the lessons you can out of it, mm-hmm. it might be that it's a lousy job. But my ask of people is glean all the lessons you can before you go and leave with grace you know, leave with grace, have an upfront conversation that I'm heading out, you know, thank you for all the opportunities. And you leave with grace, you leave with great character, and move on if in fact you've determined it's a lousy job. But I want you not to jump to this lousy job and be blaming the other. I'd like to see us be more empowered than that in, in our own lives and what think about we play in the Yes, play? exactly, exactly. Yeah. And how can I grow from that? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I had, um, and I, I wrote a book recently about the experience, but I had a, a position 
where I was working in a company where it, it, they said some very not nice things about me, my character, and I got really upset about it. Um, but I realized that there were certain actions I took. For one, I was uh, a new management took over and they said, we want you to hope, help us kind of transform the department and revamp it. And I was like, yeah, that's just my <laughs> wheelhouse. So I was super excited about it. But the deal I didn't realize is there are certain people that were in that organization for years, way before I even got there, who felt challenged by that, that I was a newbie brought in. And then here I am going to revise everything that's been going on for years. So that kind of amped them up to kind of create this, this, this whole mess that was not fun. But the point being is later on when I sat back and I realized that it didn't work out, that part of it was that I kind of came in there like, yeah, this is great. I'm going to help you all transform things without realizing who's there, who might be threatened by this and how can I bring them in the fold? So looking back, I felt the thing I learned was I could have brought them in the fold and we could have all done this together instead of me going, I'm going to help everyone here. But there's nothing wrong with bringing in your gifts and helping them, you know, they asked you to come in and do this, but to realize, okay, there's people here already. Maybe we, they can help me. We could all do this together. Yes. Yes. And chapter three, the fear stage, I have a phenomenal story about a manufacturing organization. I had the same experience, Christina. Yeah. I went in at, you know, mission driven and I can't wait to redo this entire work order system. And I knew what my boss wanted and yes, I'm on it. This is going to be so fun. Really shocked that uh, the guys on the shop floor and the engineers were not as excited about <laughs> because the change that I was, you know, was, it made sense logically still to this day, I'll tell you it was all the right thing to do. But the way I went about it was really I was still behind the uh, self protection of the fear stage. And I wasn't thinking about the other from the fear stage, it becomes very hard for us to think about the impact on the other. So I, uh, great lessons. I had the same experience that you had in, in the retrospect and the lessons I learned. And um, it was profound. I took it with me. You know, those, those ahas have gone with me throughout my career. And I still hang on to that experience as something that tells me how to go into my clients' organizations with some more grace and awareness and consideration for the other. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been phenomenal. We only have about a minute and a half left. Now I want to leave without people finding out how they can find out more about you, work with you. How can they do that? Okay. The best way to get in touch with me is just to go to my firm's website. So my firm's name is Inspired Training Institute, and the website is inspiredtraining.net. Um, you can also, you can find the book on our website, but it's also on Amazon in ebook and hardcover. And I think it's available in only ebook on Barnes and Noble and Apple as well. So you can awesome. reach me directly through the website. Oh, and I'm not awesome at this yet, Christina, but I'm trying to create social media presence. So you can follow me on um, Terry Jackie on Facebook on Twitter, on Instagram, and on LinkedIn. And please don't judge the quality of my images. I'm working on making them the right size for don't social worry. media. I mean, it, took me, it took me a while to get there, girl. Don't you worry about that. Uh, but everyone, please go check out Terry Jackie's new book. Is this a lousy job or is it me? Let's figure out how we can also not only look at the whole situation, what's going on outside you, but how, what, how we're impacting it ourselves and make ourselves better. And I just have to thank you for this wonderful, insightful conversation today. Thank you so much, Terry. Thank you so much, Christina. It's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you. Take care. 
If you like this episode, please share. To hear more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to lifeunscriptedradio.com. To become a guest or participate in paid sponsorship, email us at christinalifeunscriptedradio.com.